rising entrepreneurs. Welcome back to Student Entrepreneur 101. For this episode, I will be speaking with Lauren Browning, co-founder and CEO of Ricky Rum. Ricky Rum is a swimwear company that designs suits to fit and flatter a wide array of body types using sustainable materials such as ocean plastic, discarded fishing nets, and fabric scraps that would have otherwise gone into a landfill. Their goal is to make sure you can feel good while looking good. Lauren is a second-year MBA student at UCLA Anderson and will be graduating in 2023. In this episode, Lauren and I will be talking about her experience with Ricky Rum and her entrepreneurial journey. Keep listening to hear what Lauren has to say about Ricky Rum, the startup process, and more. Lauren, welcome to Student Entrepreneur 101. Thank you for coming on to the show today. Please say hello to our listeners and share one recent entrepreneurial breakthrough you and your team have had. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Rose. Um, Like she said, I'm Lauren Browning. I am the co-founder and CEO of Ricky Rum Swimwear, a sustainable swimwear company. And one big breakthrough that I've had recently is that I finally found two mentors that have been so helpful in um, giving me advice on how to scale my business. And I had been really searching for mentors for a couple of years now. And it's just so nice to find people that I click with and that are just so resourceful. Excuse me. Um, I encourage all entrepreneurs to really find people in their lives that they can lean on as mentors. That's so great, Lauren. And you know, something I hear often is in entrepreneurship, especially is to always seek mentors that are already where you want to be, you know, where you see yourself in the future and, you know, learn from their experiences, learn from their mistakes. So, you know, maybe you don't have to repeat them and just have that extra boost of guidance along the way. So that's so exciting, Lauren. Yeah, it's been awesome. Um, One of my mentors has already had an exit event with their company, meaning that they were acquired. So that's definitely something that I'm trying to manifest for myself. And then the other one um, has over a decade of experience in the swimwear space. So she really knows her stuff and is so well connected. That's awesome. Well, congratulations, Lauren. Let's start our conversation today with the very beginning of your journey. What set you on the path to entrepreneurship? And what was your moment of inspiration for Ricky Rum? Sure. So, um, you know, I feel like when we're kids, we're always asked the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I always had a different answer every time. Um, I never really truly knew what I wanted to do profession-wise, but I always knew that I wanted to be my own boss at some point. Um, And I would read books along those lines. And it's just always been um, top of mind for me and a goal. And then um, a couple of years ago, I was working a full-time corporate job and I just really wasn't feeling fulfilled. Um, And I grew up in coastal Rhode Island. I love the beach. I live for the sun. Uh, Anytime it's, you know, 60 degrees or more, I'm outside and I know in Southern California, that's considered very cold, but where I'm from, it's not. Um, And so over the years, I collected a lot of swimwear and just was unimpressed with the quality. I was seeing prices like skyrocketing and then like for something that was kind of flimsy or if I bought something on the cheaper side, it, you know, was very low quality. So I wondered if I could make something better. Um, and just kind of started from there. Like it just was an idea. I ran it by some friends. Um, I highly recommend if you have any inkling of an idea, talk about it with everyone in your life, because that's how the ball got rolling. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's amazing. And, you know, you saw a problem from your own experience, you know, as someone who, you know, wears and buys swim products and you said, hey, this is a problem. I'm going to try to solve it and see what other people think. Are others having this issue of like quality and pricing of swimwear? And yeah, that's awesome that you decided to step up and take on that challenge. So you bring up a really great point about market validation, taking your idea and sharing it and bringing it and presenting it to people that you know in your life. And so when I think about the fashion industry, I, I think about this you know really highly saturated marketplace, right? And this being said, you know the importance of finding your niche and understanding an ideal customer because that's what it takes to succeed, right? And so Lauren, what was the process like finding your product market fit uh, with your swimwear products? So I'd say that process is still underway. It's really long and drawn out, but you're right. It's so important. Um, so I, like I said, I talked to a lot of people in my life. I actually sent out a survey um, and just kind of sent it out in my network. And so many people had strong opinions on swimwear. We got hundreds of responses. And even though it is a very saturated market, over 70% of the people who responded said that their needs were not being met. So clearly there's a hole there. there no one's doing it right. Um, so that was really encouraging that you know we were on the right track there. And then since then, um, we've been a small company. I'm currently getting my MBA at UCLA right now with hopes to scale my business. This is the first year that I haven't had a full-time job while working on my business. So in these past couple of years, I've had a lot of time to experiment with different styles, with different marketing tactics, um, with different stores where to host pop-up shops and trunk shows to really try to pinpoint our target customer. Um, one thing about us, um, I briefly mentioned it before, is that we are sustainable swimwear. So all of our swimwear is made out of um, uh, fabric that's made out of recycled ocean plastic, discarded fishing nets, cutting room floor scraps that would have otherwise be clogging up our landfills. So it was really important to us to take that approach. And then we're really trying to find people who um, want to shop more consciously and want to invest in high quality pieces uh, without breaking the bank. I mean, our swimwear isn't cheap. It's priced at around $100. But to combat that price issue, we make them reversible. Um, so that um, with it being reversible, you get more bang for your buck. You can wear it up to four different ways. And that also feeds into our sustainability ethos of you know, not promoting overconsumption, having one product that can serve multiple purposes. So um, I plan on spending this next and final year of my MBA really nailing down the product market fit. For my thesis project, I have to do over 150 interviews. So, um, and I plan on doing uh, as many as like, I can. And while it seems daunting, like putting in that work can only pay off. It can only help you. And the more informed you are about your product, your market, your niche as an entrepreneur, the more likely you are to be successful. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. And you just brought up so, so many great points, you know, doing your research, holding those focus groups, those interviews are so important to really understand, okay, what's the root of the problem for my ideal customer customers? Where are they? Who are they? And, you know, where can I find them? Right. And so that's, that's really amazing. And to circle back to sustainability at Ricky Rum, it's really a core value I see for your company. So it, you know, at what point, 
It seems like right from the offset, sustainability was a priority for Ricky Rum. And so what was that like at first, trying to integrate sustainability and recycled materials into your product design? So I'm not going to lie, it wasn't easy, but I, and along with my co-founder, we said we're not going to start a company, especially like, I hate saying this phrase, but in this day and age, um, that isn't respond like ethically responsible to our planet, especially because we're making swimwear, which celebrates the ocean. We're not going to contribute to polluting the ocean. And now we're actually taking pollution out of the ocean because of the, um, vendors, fabric vendors and, um, charity partners we work with. So, I'm really excited about that, but it took us 18 months to find this material. Um, Fabric sourcing is hard. The fashion industry can be very archaic. Um, It's like set back like a bunch of decades as far as, you know, finding stuff online. It is getting better. Um, But again, like through just telling everyone in my network what I was trying to do, it opened a lot of doors. I ended up on some email listserv that pointed me in the direction of this one fabric store in New York city where I was living at the time. And then I went there and then this guy pulls me aside and he's like, we don't have what you're looking for here, but if you go to this address, they have what you're looking for. It was like super backdoor deal. And I just happened to like work out. Um, And so we ended up sourcing this beautiful Italian fabric, like I said, made out of recycled materials. So um, we're always looking to see what new, options are available, what new technology has been able to produce in terms of fabric. But um, with sustainability, they do make it really difficult. Like for instance, this morning, I found this really cool textured fabric that I really want to use for next year. And then the company gets back to me saying, I have to buy like a thousand yards of it. So that's about, um, that's over a thousand bathing suits I'd be committing to all in the same color. And as a small startup, that's really hard to do. And the price is way more expensive. So I think like we made the commitment to sustainability early on, and we're just going to have to pivot and find a different fabric to use. But this is why like so many big companies aren't doing sustainability or only partially doing it. They have like a couple of their eco products. Um, And I think that that's kind of a cop out because we're small. We don't, you know, we're, we're seeking our first round of funding soon and we're finding ways to make it work. Um, I think that greenwashing is a real thing. And um, I don't know if you're looking to shop more eco-consciously look at the, uh, not only the percentage of the material that's eco-friendly, ours is over 60% and actually might be close to 80. Um, but also like how the company operates in general, like our, how, like what factories do they use, um, et cetera. So we've tried to build, or we have built sustainability into our entire supply chain from our mailers to our tags, to the fabric, to the factories that we work with. Yeah, absolutely. That is awesome that, you know, as a small company committed to sustainability, you're starting early on and taking on the challenge of finding ethical and environmentally sound ways of sourcing your materials. And that's exciting, you know, hearing the process of you going through, you know, first of all, finding like sourcing your material and then doing these product iterations, like what what material works, what could be an improvement and going from there. So just always finding ways to keep adding value to your product, keep making it of more use and even more safe for the environment and for those who use it. So that's, that's so exciting. And, you know, we have this discussion around sustainability so far. And so 
as so that's a core value. But in what other ways has Ricky Rum distinguished themselves from you know other competitors maybe in the swimwear and larger clothing market? So you know what has that process been like for you? Yeah, that's something that I think about often. It keeps me up at night um, in a good way. It's like something I really enjoy brainstorming because there is only so much you can do in a certain space. Like we didn't invent a new product here. Um, But sustainability throughout the entire supply chain has definitely been one. But another is inclusivity. I wanted to make sure people would come to our brand and see people who look like them and relate to them. Um, I mean, we're not perfect here. Again, we are currently self-funded. So I tap on my friends usually for it to be our models. But I wanted to make sure from the start that our largest size wasn't a size 14. A size 14 is the average size of a woman in this country. Um, That is not, that should not be the limits there. So we currently go up to size 20 with plans to extend sizing further, which I'm really excited about. And I also just wanna make sure we're always showing diverse models. It's so important, like I said, to be able to go on a website and like picture yourself in the garment that you're looking at. You know, if you can't do that, you're not going to buy it and you're not going to feel good about it. So um, definitely inclusivity has always been top of mind from the start. And then we also just want to build a community where people feel comfortable. Um, I came across this really horrifying statistic that only 2% of women feel great in a bathing suit, Mm. which to me is you know, indicative of our terrible diet culture here. But also it just made me really sad because when you're in a bathing suit, you're outside, you're at the pool, you're at the beach, you're doing something really fun and you should feel your best. Um, So we want to just build a supportive community where people like are excited to put on their suit. They feel sexy in it. They feel confident. And it's an exciting experience versus a negative one. Yeah, that's really, really important what you just mentioned, you know, kind of finding ways to heal this disconnect between women wearing their bathing suits and then feeling good in it and then women wearing their bathing suits and identifying with the brand by championing inclusivity and prioritizing, you know, diversity. You're developing that know, like, and trust and expanding the different groups of customers that you can help, you know. And um, we've talked a bit about product iterations and materials and design at Ricky Rum. So thinking back to the skill set you and your team needed to develop at Ricky Rum in the early stages, I'm, I'm sure this is a question that many entrepreneurs have, you know, who are interested in entering the fashion industry. How did you learn the skills or assemble the team with the skills that you needed to develop Ricky Rum's first swimsuit designs? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked this question because the biggest thing that like prevented me from starting sooner or quitting my full-time job sooner was that I felt like this imposter because I had zero fashion experience. You don't need any experience in like any, unless you're like trying to be like a doctor or like if you're going for like something that's like you need a degree for, but when it comes to starting your own company, you can start it with zero experience as long as you are open, like have like a very an open mind to learn and know that you're probably going to make a lot of mistakes and just give yourself grace and keep pushing forward. Like the biggest thing about being an entrepreneur is getting back up and keep going forward. Cause I have been knocked down so many times. There have been times I've wanted to quit. Um, especially because I am not, I mean, I guess I'm a designer now, but I wasn't before. Um, so 
yeah, I didn't know where to start. I really didn't. I talked to um, friends of friends who were in the fashion industry and they were like, you need to get a sample made. And I was like, well, how do you get a sample made? They're like, well, you need to get fabric. You need to get someone who knows how to sew because you don't know how to sew. And that's one thing that I'm actually on my list for like the next year is I just want to learn how to sew. I think it would be a really nice hobby to have. And also just would be smart for smart skill for me to learn. Um, so I was like, read every article I could. I talked to every person I could. And what I ended up doing was I hired a consultant and I think consultants can be great. I'm working with one right now who is beyond fantastic. And the consultant I worked with in the beginning, she is great and she got us going. However, I don't think it was the most efficient use of our money since we were only using our own money. And I think if I had just like pushed a little bit farther on my own, I could have gotten there without her. Um and save some money, which would have been great. But um, I hired a consultant who put me in touch with a sample maker. And we were able to get, you know, I sketched it out. I'm not a great drawer either. So I did my like chicken scratch sketches. And then I contacted a friend who actually knows how to draw and like sat with her as we like did it out. And then I had a friend who's a graphic designer who could digitize it, which was great. Um, and then we give that to the, the design, the um, sample maker. And once we perfect the design, we had like eight iterations to get it right. Um, then we uh, make a pattern and that is then all, that's all digital too. And then you give your fabric to this fabric cutter. They cut it based on the pattern and then they give it to your manufacturer. Um, that was my original process. This is something that I didn't know. Maybe I should have questioned it, should have known, but we didn't make our first sample in the same fabric that we were going to produce in. And that's an issue. Um, every fabric has a different stretch and flexibility and you know behavior, I guess. And I don't know why I thought all stretchy fabrics were the same. That was just like such a, I don't know, naive oversight. Um, and our first round of, extra small swimsuits could have fit my three-year-old niece. And this is supposed to fit a full-grown woman. And I just wow. looked at these and I was just like, what just happened here? Um, also, we made our sample not reversible. When you make something reversible, it warps the stretch. So that was a big learning point. There were definitely some tears shed there. Um, in hindsight, I just laugh about it because like it was so ridiculous. I'm like, why didn't I? I didn't know to ask these questions. But also, like, I felt like I couldn't ask questions because I was not an expert. Like, I didn't know what I was talking about. But, like, you're still, a, you know, I'm still a person. Like, I should have stepped in when, you know, I saw some questionable things. So, anyways, we were able to fix those problems and were able to get um, – get a line out. And I was producing in New York City at the time. And the quality was fine. It was good. It was sellable, but it wasn't where I wanted to be. And then randomly from a listserv that I was on, I got this email from this place in Bali, Indonesia. And I started working with them because um, their process was a lot more streamlined. Like what I just described to you is I had to import fabric to my apartment, get in a cab and bring it all the way uptown. Um, I tried doing the subway once, but it was just too heavy and it was a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And then I had to like every fastener, every tag, like I had to import myself um, and like piecemeal it all together. And we had a separate pattern maker. Then we had a separate person who digitized it and a separate person who cut the fabric. Whereas this place in Bali, they did it all from cut from design to the finished product. Um, so I would send them my designs. We'd work on a sample together. Um, and that's been great. They're wonderful. We are still producing with them. They're really a really cool team. Their factory is also predominantly solar powered, which is awesome. But we are going to start working with a new factory um, that one of my new mentors connected me with, and that's in Colombia. So I'm really excited. Both factories use a much more streamlined process, so I don't have to, you know, bring everything into me and then ship it out. Mm-hmm. So anyways, it's a very long winded answer, no, but yeah, that was, that was really great. You know, all the detail in that, just showing all the different, you know, working parts that go into, especially, you know, the design and production phase. So that's so important. And you highlighted so many key elements there, like your network, you know, at first coming into this, trying to get out your first couple of designs and samples, you know, your network really helped you. You have a web designer or like a, sorry, you have a graphic designer. You have a, you know, someone who could draw out the designs. You had someone who could connect you to factories or production places and really just end the email list. So finding ways to leverage your network in ways that can help you in your journey. That's so, so important and just highlights the importance of maintaining your network because you never know in what ways it can serve you later. And so that's really amazing. And also, you know, willingness to learn new skills, you know, going into it, you maybe didn't have the knowledge you have today, but you know, your willingness to get out there and try and learn and make mistakes, like with the the really small (laughs) samples that came out, you know, with your first try, but, you know, being willing to learn from that, that's so amazing. And, you know, now planning to sew in the near future, like, see, like, these are the skills and the willingness to acquire skills that I feel make entrepreneurs really successful and adaptable to, you know, different challenges that may come their way in the future and keep them moving forward, keep them growing. So that's exciting. Yeah, definitely. We've talked a lot about the production process, you know, the getting those first sample sizes. Let's dive into the launch process. What was it like entering the fashion and apparel industry officially, you know, with the launch of your first Ricky Rum swimsuits? If you can share what that experience was like, maybe what challenges you faced and then what successes did you achieve? Definitely. Um, so it's been a slow launch. I mean, technically we launched, but we are... I'm seeing next year as like our like big debut. Oh, um, yeah. I, I mean, that's what I'm hoping. Again, I'm graduating from grad school in June of 2023, and I hope this is my full time job. That would be pretty sweet. Um, so for our first line, we did a really small line for family and friends, like 50 suits maybe um, in 2018, and we did that to really collect feedback. So um, the extra smalls were in that batch. So we (laughs) learned that. But besides those, we did sell out. Our friends and family really liked it. They were really eager to support um, Ricky Rum. So it was great that we had that and we made tweaks to our designs. And then in 2019, we had a Kickstarter campaign, which is like crowdfunding. Um, You could pre-buy a suit. You could just give money to the campaign or you could... Um, we had hats made too, because I wanted, uh, at the time we were only doing women's swimwear. We do have trunks now, 
but um, I wanted, you know, if I had guy friends that wanted to contribute, I wanted them to have something that I could give them. So we made hats. Um, I mean, unisex hats, women and men, everyone mm-hmm. open to getting them, but I just wanted to have a product that could really be for everyone too. Um, so for the Kickstarter, we prepped for that for about six months. It wasn't like six months every day, um, but because we had our full-time jobs, we really wanted to do it right. Uh, I talked to someone who had had a successful Kickstarter and he was like, well, I said to him, you know, you probably want to hit your kickstarting goal in the first week. He's like, no, no, you need to hit your kickstarting goal in the first day. Oh, if you wow. don't hit it in the first day, your chances of hitting it plummet like a hundred, like not a hundred percent, but they plummet a lot and you'll have to work a lot harder. Basically he said, people want to give to campaigns that they know are going to get funded because then they, they don't want to put their, you know, get their heart set on this, getting this product. And then if it doesn't get funded, then they don't end up getting the products. That's how Kickstarters work. If you don't hit your goal, you don't get any of the money and nobody gets any of the prepaid product. They get their money back. Mm-hmm. Um, so a big thing with Kickstarter was making a video um, to your listeners. Please, please, please don't look up our Kickstarter page. That video is the cringiest thing I've ever done. <laughs> I feel like, you know, if we looked back and it was like this amazing film, then like we should be way more successful by now. Um, so it was a really cringy video, but um, it worked. Like we built our page out, built out everything. Um, we did a lead generation campaign to get over 5,000 emails and kept people updated. Like we're launching soon, getting people excited. We were posting all of our social and we hit our kickstarting goal in six hours. Oh, wow. I, yeah, I was at my old job and I kept refreshing the page and all my old coworkers were around me because they knew what I was doing. And we just like didn't get any work done that day. <laughs> um, they were It was so fun to see. And then we ended up almost doubling our goal, which was great. Um, I definitely I mean, our real goal was 15,000. We set our goal at 12 because we thought that that was like something that we would we could definitely get. Um, and we ended up getting over 21,000. So that was really exciting. Um, that felt really validating. And I felt like we were really ramping up. We had a great year that year. And then the pandemic hit and my factory literally closed. So I couldn't produce a 2020 line. And then in May they reopened and we're like, we can do a really small production run for you. So after all this momentum and like, you know, all this, you know, excited excitement, whatever success, we were hit with this like brick wall. So they open in May, they get me suits in July, try selling a suit in the middle of the summer Mm. in New England or New York, where the summer ends like two weeks later. However, I saw that being an issue. So I partnered with this retail incubator out of Boston called For Now. And they um, basically are a marketplace for, and like they have a brick and mortar retail space as well as online, but for brands who like myself are um, predominantly direct to consumer, don't have the brick and mortar space, but want to and get in front of more eyes. So between them and myself, even though we launched like July 15th, we sold out 90% of our stock. It was a smaller run, but I was like, okay, we're still alive. People still know we're around. And then um, 2021, I was moving across the country to you know come to UCLA. I was getting married and I was still working full-time. So 
I did do a, you know, another line in 2021, but like couldn't give it a ton of attention. And then this past summer, it's been great. We did a, um, a launch in May of new suits, but I'm really excited for next year because we, I'll have a team starting this fall for the first time. Um, I have some contractors I work with, but through UCLA and my master's thesis project, five other MBA students have um, agreed to work on Ricky Rum for their master's thesis. So I'm really excited to finally have help from super awesome people. And I think that we have all the pipes in place to scale. So it'll be a bigger launch next year and then hopefully like totally blow it out 2024. (laughs) Wow. Thank you so much for sharing, you know, that experience that was so real. And if anything's an example of getting through during times of like challenge and struggle, then the pandemic was definitely one of them. So seeing your experience there and seeing how you were quick on your feet to adapt. Okay. Like we got hit by this pandemic right in the middle of all this great momentum. So we're going to adapt, you know, we're going to partner with this organization. We're going to, you know, keep letting people know that we're still here and we're still ready to provide them with really great, amazing quality, you know, environmentally safe swimsuits. And so that that's awesome. That's so exciting. And to see the traction that you've gained once again and the acceleration before, you know, next year's line. That's so that's so exciting because it's going to be here before you know it. So that's that's awesome. And congratulations on also finding your team. That is a big deal, especially when as a business owner, you know, looking to scale, that is like definitely the next step in the right direction. So that's that's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. So let's circle back to mentorship. You've discussed this briefly before in the beginning. Um, how did mentorship play a role, you know, in the early stages of Ricky Rum? And what was it like finding your mentors? Like, how did how did that all come together? So, yeah, that's a great question. So I like really didn't have mentors prior to coming to UCLA. I had always been told to search for them at my you know, when I had my day job and I had great, I used to work in financial services and I had um, two really great, you know, people I looked up to as mentors working there. But when it came to Ricky Rum, I just really, you know, I'd had so many great conversations with people, but like there wasn't anyone I was talking to regularly or someone that could give me that sort of time. And then um, I will say, you know, I did find mine through grad school. Of course, there's so many other ways you can find mentorship. But um, I joined the accelerator program at UCLA. They have this awesome accelerator that helps launch startups. And they put me in touch with one of their former accelerator successes. And um, he's actually in the food space. He, um, when we had our first meeting, we were kind of laughing because he's like, I don't know how I can help you, but like, I really want to, we both really clicked. He's awesome. Um, but he has been so helpful in getting me ready for pitches, getting my pitch deck together, um, connecting me with, um, potential investors. And then where it's not his area of expertise, he has such a broad network that he has connected me with amazing people. So he connected me with his friend who works at Chubby's Shorts, the men's swimwear. And I had a great conversation with him. And then he was like, I have a former coworker who used to be the head of our merchandising. 
Um, but she now runs her own bathing suit or fashion consulting firm, but she, you know, specializes in swimwear and bathing suits. So after my first meeting with her, again, like we totally clicked, just felt so natural. I text her like every day. (laughs) She's probably sick of hearing from me. Um, But it just really like when you feel like that comfort level and that it's just going to be this really fruitful relationship, um, like you just know it. And so since then, she's the one who found this new um, manufacturer or introduced me to this manufacturer in Columbia. Uh, It's not new to her, new to me. And that's been a really wonderful experience. Um, She, you know how Chubby's has all those really cool prints. Like she knows how to source and design prints because we've always done custom ones and I want to keep it that way because it just feels really personal to our brand. Mm -hmm. Um, But she has all these print houses that I can work with to get a really cool design and like make that come to life as far as getting prints on our suits. So I definitely was nervous that I didn't know how to handle a mentor relationship in this in like an entrepreneurship capacity. But I, when you feel like when it clicks, it clicks and it has opened so many doors for me, like where I was nervous and shy at the beginning. I'm so glad I opened myself up to it because only good could come from it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's an amazing story. You know, find the process of finding mentorship, you know, for you that happened to be at UCLA Anderson in business school, but just the idea about finding mentors that have different strengths than you, right? So your mentor, he's was in the food industry, but connecting you to his network, still having this understanding of um, funding and pitch competitions and, you know, these different ways that he could provide and pass on his skill set to you. That's amazing. And just understanding that, yeah, finding people in different industries and diversifying your skill set and your knowledge based off their experiences. That's so important and really a great way to expand your connections in the entrepreneurship space. So that, that's awesome. That's a great yeah. story. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's definitely something that like, I'm so glad that I have. So I just would like to encourage people to not be shy like me and, you know, not wait till you're, you're in an accelerator program, excuse me, where, um, they literally hand you a mentor and say, this is going to be your mentor. Don't be afraid to reach out to people you look up to, uh, look on LinkedIn, look on social media, talk to the people in your life. Like they're, you'll be surprised how, um, eager people are to help you and help connect you with the right person. So don't be, uh, don't be shy like me. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. Don't be afraid to go out and expand your network, build your network, get out and network. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So Lauren, reflecting on where you are now, how do you see Ricky Rum growing in the future? I know before earlier in the interview, you mentioned, you know, brick and mortar stores and, you know, expanding your designs. So when you think about the Ricky Rum team, consumer and product, where do you see it heading in the future? Yeah, so I, I'm excited to have a team for the first time. Like I mentioned, um, they'll be on working on Ricky Rum for six months, but I would really like to, um, I think like, rounding out a team is really important. I pretty much have been doing this solo. I have an amazing co-founder. She's one of my best friends. We still talk all the time and she is still part of the Ricky Rem team. However, um, she's had a baby, which is so exciting and she's working full time. So, and she's getting her MBA at night. So her hands are full. Um, When she can come back to the team, she hundred percent will. 
Um, and I really look forward to that just because I love working with her. She's the best. Um, but it has been hard with a lot of the decision or all the decision-making power put on me. I'm not skilled at everything. I'm also not good at everything. Nobody is. So I'm really looking forward to um, using these next six months with the team to really lean on everyone's expertise and skills. I think that'll help propel the company forward. And it'll also help me. I've never hired people before other than contractors. So I think it'll help me see where I need like the gaps filled in and what to look for when hiring people. So that'll just be a big lesson for myself. Um, and then when it comes to Ricky Rum, I, like I said, I'm obsessed with swimwear. I collected it over the years. Uh, not everyone feels the same way as me though. So I do hope to expand to other products also sustainably manufactured or sourced and manufactured. Um, it probably in the resort wear or beach space, which at first, which uh, makes sense, but I just really want to build the sustainable lifestyle brand. Um, I'm really inspired by Patagonia. I don't want to be Patagonia, like they're outdoorsy, they're, they're a totally different vibe, but like they are a company that has always tried to do the right thing when it comes to like environmental ethics and sustainability. And if they found, like they found out, um, I read the Patagonia case and then there's a like, there's a really cool book written by their um, CEO called Let My People Go Surfing. Um, and so I highly recommend that book. Um, but they found out that their the dyes they were using for their fabric was polluting this river. I think it was in Italy. Um, and so they immediately switched the process, even though it was, you know, time consuming and really expensive. Mm -hmm. So if I could build a lifestyle brand that, you know, will adapt like with, you know, technology and to make sure we're doing the right thing. Like, I think that would just be really cool to have that as an example of out there is like, yes, like it might be a little more expensive at front, but if you build it into like the foundation of the company, you can build a sustainable fashion company or at least a way more sustainable fashion company than what we're seeing right now. Right. Like whenever I see other companies making those changes and doing cool things like that, I get so excited. Like, you know, I bought, like it would be, I mean, I love what I'm doing, but like I wish there were other options out there of these like swimwear companies that are really doing sustainable things end to end. There are some that are dabbling in it. Again, no one's really like fully in it. So I hope to build a lifestyle brand. Um, my bit, my short-term goal, and I'm putting this out there. So I really hope it happens is to um, go to Miami swim week next year where all these different brands show off their designs and get wholesale relationships with like big department stores or big online stores. So uh, hopefully July, 2023 will be in Miami. Yeah, that's so exciting. I'm definitely rooting for you there. I believe you can do it. That's, that's so awesome. You know, with a team coming in and, you know, having your, their direction and the path you're on, that's, that's going to be amazing. I, I hope it happens. I look forward to seeing it happen. Thank you. I do too. You know, knock on wood. <laughs> yeah, that's so exciting. Now, Lauren, you have shared so many wonderful insights and, you know, just really detailed experiences about what it's like and how your journey has been with Ricky Rum. So thank you. Thank you so much for that. And before we go, where can students listening to our conversation today learn more about Ricky Rum? Absolutely. Um, so you can 
Follow us on Instagram, which is at Ricky Rum. You can follow us on TikTok. Uh, so that's Ricky Rum Swim. And I am like ancient. I'm 30 years old, but I am on TikTok and we're, we're really working hard to get great content out there. So I would love to see you all there. And um, our website is rickyrum.com. So everything is like either just Ricky Rum or Ricky Rum Swim. And um, would love to, you know, engage with UCLA students and all your listeners. We are also always looking for interns and ambassadors. If our interns, we do pay. So um, if you're interested in working with the brand, like please DM us or email us swim at rickyrum.com. We would love to hear from you. Um, yeah, there's like lots of cool opportunities if you want to work, you know, really hands-on at a startup. Um, you will be doing a lot more than just fetching coffee. Like we we want our interns really like get in, you know, on the ground floor and do some really cool things. So if that's something that interests you, please uh, don't hesitate to reach out. Absolutely. That's amazing. And for all of you listening right now, I hope you're taking notes because this is an amazing opportunity that Lauren is sharing with you all. So Lauren, thank you so, so much. What is one final word of advice that you have for other student entrepreneurs out there who have really been inspired by our conversation today? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would say if you have an idea like don't sit on it look into it do the research because it's probably a good idea even if it's something that's already being done out there you can probably find a way to do it differently um i you know i wish i had acted on things sooner i definitely you know led with fear a little bit in the beginning and i think that don't lead with fear that'll never serve you um and the worst thing that can happen is that it doesn't work out I mean, don't go sinking a ton of money into something without doing your due diligence. But overall, just test out your ideas. Like you have good ideas. The worst thing that can happen is that it doesn't work out, but I bet you it'll open up the door to a new and even better idea. So yeah, you got this. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Lauren, thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing all your amazing insights and advice to student entrepreneurs. I wish you the best of luck with Ricky Rum and thank you so much. Thank you so much, Rose. I really appreciate it. That's the end of this episode with Student Entrepreneur 101. Today, we learned the story behind Ricky Rum and listened to Lauren share valuable insights to the entrepreneurial process. What did you learn from Lauren in this week's episode? What are your top three takeaways? Make sure to head over to at Student Entrepreneur 101 podcast on Instagram and share your thoughts in the comment section for this episode. Do you want to help someone you know jumpstart their entrepreneurial journey? Then share this episode with them. Guys, I want to know what you like, and what you think could be better so far about Student Entrepreneur 101. And I want to know, what are you struggling with right now? What problems are you facing that are preventing you from either launching or moving forward with your idea and business? I want to know. Please share what areas you guys want help in because for all of you student entrepreneurs out there, this podcast is for you. So let me know how I can best serve you. There will be a feedback form available to you all on the Instagram page. So check out the bio for the link. 
All right, guys, stay tuned for the next episode because I have even more stories, insights, and value to share with you coming soon. 